This work in progress is released under a Creative Commons license. The following Still Ripples podcast is dedicated to all those living in confusion, who are in pain, and who are searching. He who has ears, let him hear. Greetings. Welcome to this week's Still Ripples podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Brian. Um, well, last week went a bit on the long side. Yeah. So We want you to know that we, we do shower. Yes. I mean, uh, we're uh, going to add a new intro onto this, but we're continuing in on part two yeah. of uh, looking how Jesus approached sin and uh, those with questions and yeah. things of that nature. So, uh, without further ado... Part two. Alright, what's the next one we got here? Uh, the next one that we will be venturing to, pull up the highlights here, um, we will look, let's go with the, the rich, young rich young ruler. ruler. Alright. And you're going to actually see a difference between, I guess, him and the woman, mm-hmm. even in that sense. I mean, the woman's earnestly seeking. Let, let's see mm-hmm. what this guy's doing. Yeah. Um, you want to go ahead and read that one? Sure. Yeah. This is in Matthew 19, uh, starting in verse 16. And behold, a man came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must uh, must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. Uh, He said to them, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your mother and father. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich man enter into the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who could be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter said in reply, See, we have, tr- uh, we have left everything and followed you. But then, uh, what then will we have? And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you, uh, you who have followed me will, sit, uh, will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the tribes of Israel, and everyone... Sorry, I flipped around. That's not in scripture. <laughs> but uh, getting back to it. And everyone who has left the houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold, and will inherit eternal life, but many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. First of all, is Jesus telling you to sell everything? No. No. We'll get but that uh, out of the way. What really I absolutely quick. love is, well, first of all, here's a guy that's that's coming to the Lord mm-hmm. and basically getting him to tell me, okay, I'm living right, right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, but then, you know, just to clarify, is there anything else that I need to do? You know, I'm covering, he basically covered the Ten Commandments with him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I've, I've kept all these. Is there is there some other work that I need to do in mm-hmm. Christ? He hits them point blank with exactly what is in his heart. Yeah, and that's, that's really a big thing. The reason that uh, I looked into this particular story is, number one, it's a guy seeking Christ, mm-hmm. seeking the answers who thinks he has everything in line, he's just wanting to go through his checklist. Yeah, he thinks he has life figured out. Right. So. And and one thing to note off to the side, the reaction to the, the, the you know, to the disciples, you know, going back to Job and everything, people mm-hmm. who had wealth back then, and even now people think this, mm-hmm. they think, well, you know, wealth is given by God, so this is a guy that must be favored by God, blessed mm-hmm. of God. Surely he will go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And yet when they see Christ's reaction, this guy's reaction, they're just astonished. It says they're astonished mm-hmm. because their whole worldview now has been shaken. They're like, mm-hmm. well, someone that has all this blessing of God and yet he's not going to heaven? What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, the way that Jesus approached him, you know, he knew his heart. He didn't dance around the subject. You know, he covered the commandments because he asked him so you know what do I need? All right. Well, here's the here's the list. All right. Well, what else? He said, "Well, um, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me." That's where you know. And from there, when the uh, young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Mm-hmm. Again, this goes back to the idea that. We can't necessarily win anyone to Christ. It's not us. It's the Holy Spirit that does the convictions. So often today, we want to convict people. We want to see that amazing transformation take place. Jesus presented the gospel. He said, this is what it is. Follow me. And the rich young ruler, no, I I can't do that. I, I can't sell everything. I've got way too much to live for. I'm sorry. And he walked away. What I think is really funny, though, uh, and, well, not funny, kind of sad, but, but the the way Christ words it, if you notice in that list, mm-hmm. none of those are mentioning God. Mm-hmm. Every one of those commandments refers to things that we can do. As far as, you know, you know, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, all that. He, he saves the heart issue for the very last thing, yeah, he he doesn't say you know as we know the Ten Commandments you know uh, it, it tells us to avoid idolatry and stuff. It basically tells us in so many words to put God first. Yeah, he didn't mention any of that until the very end when he addressed the heart. Mm-hmm. He went through the entire list of things we can do in reference to works and stuff. You know, don't do this, don't do that, and then the guy's like, well, I've done all that. You know, hey, I'm doing good. Uh, and yeah. then he waited to the very end to address the issue: is God first in your life? Yeah, basically. and that's uh, you know when we. When we address people, that's how we need to to go about it. Is address it in a way that's compassionate. You know, Jesus didn't bash the guy. Yeah. He didn't slam him with a bunch of scripture. He took what the guy already knew, what he already placed out there. Jesus reaffirmed it, so it gives again a common ground yeah. that they can work off of. Because obviously the guy knew, the young ruler, rich young ruler, knew this. Yeah, he knew. He, said, well, he knew wealth was his god. All these I have kept. What do I still lack? So he knew about 
the commandments. So Jesus gets to the heart of the problem, as as you point out, yeah. Brian. Follow me, make me first in your life, and that's where he got tripped up. You know, salvation in and of itself—that's what it is. It's putting Christ first in our lives, forsaking all others to follow Him. And for some people, that is too difficult. Whether it be they believe that they can't live the lifestyle that they want, or they can't say the things that they want to say, they can't act the way they want to act. It, again, it goes back to sin is a very selfish mentality. Yeah. You know, there are even those who believe that once I become a Christian, I have to forsake all other knowledge. But through Christ, we gain so much more. There is a lot of stuff that we can we can glean from all of this. And I think it's, you know, just like Nicodemus, he sought after Christ. The rich young ruler sought after Christ. And they gained the answers. We're going to have people that are going to come up to us. Have the answers. You may not have to have the perfect textbook's answer, but let the Holy Spirit guide. What is God laying on your heart? You don't have to harp on their sin. You don't have to attack that. Find some common ground that you can be, in a sense, you can feel safe on. You know, affirm. That's a very good question. Mm. Or, you know, you're right. That's a good thought. Or you have studied. That's, that's good. That's a good for, you know. So often, we're all about the defensive, which is, if you come at me, I've got to find this way to attack back, to counter-strike what you've done. That's, that's not what Christ did. Christ found the common ground and then addressed the true issue at hand. He didn't dance around it. He just flat out said it. This is the problem. And he didn't call it the problem. Well, even then, uh, he, he... I mean, you can see this story right here. It, there, there's not a whole lot of weightiness in the understanding or whatever. I mean, it's pretty straightforward in so many words. I mean, obviously, God has to be first in your life. Mm -hmm. We go down here. The disciples are like, you know, well, you know, what do we do? And basically, with that, with man, nothing's, you know, it, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. But with God, nothing's uh, impossible. Yeah. So, so we, uh, that's basically what you can glean from it, and uh, it's very straightforward understanding. Yeah. Um, we have one other story. Yeah. In reference to. <clears throat> And it's it's basically how God, uh, how Christ God mm -hmm. handled the Pharisees yeah. directly, and I guess you can look at this mm -hmm. one. It's uh, it is Matthew twenty three, Matthew twenty three, uh, verse thirteen, starting in there. It's the eight, eight or woes. Yeah. Oh, one moment. Let me load that specific one. And again, in reference to the, the Pharisees, we have to understand that before we address this, that Christ is talking to men that know that actually know the Bible. I mean, that, or excuse me, they know the law and everything. And so he addresses them in this manner because they know the law. Matthew twenty-three, starting in verse thirteen. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. For you neither enter yourselves, nor allow those who would enter to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! 
For you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte, and when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, If anyone swears by the temple, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by his oath. You blind fools, for which is greater, the gold or the temple, and has made, or the temple that has made the gold sacred? And you say, if anyone swears by the altar, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift that is on the altar, he is bound by his oath. You blind men, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? So whoever swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And whoever swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God, and by him who sits upon it. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others." You blind guides, straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, and the outside also may be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanliness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you build the tombs of the Pharisees, and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, If we have lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you witness against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your fathers, you serpents, you blood of vipers, how are you to escape being sentenced to hell? Therefore, I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of whom you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town, so that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Bacariah, Barakiah, sorry, <laughs> whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Truly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. Wow. Now, first of all, I mean, an immediate reaction is like, wow, this is, this is contradictory to what has been handled in Scripture beforehand. All right, well, first of all, in reference to Scripture... Whenever Christ, notice that whenever Christ speaks, he never says, 
well, this is a, a, a word from the Lord God or whatever. No, he no, mm -hmm. he has full authority because Christ is God. Yeah. Not one time does he ever say, well, as the prophet of the Lord, or or no no nowhere does he say. I mean, read the prophets and notice how they always bring the message. Christ never mm -hmm. does it that way because he has the authority. He's God, and so he has the authority to bring condemnation on mm -hmm. these. But but I mean. I mean, go ahead and read read the last part uh, later on, if you wish, where, where it talks about him lamenting. Over, after he gives this huge woe, Christ goes out and laments mm -hmm. over Jerusalem. And, and he refers to him, you know, I sent you all these prophets, and yet you killed them. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, a city that kills the prophets and all that stuff. I mean, they have all these religious leaders, they have the law, they have all these traditions and everything, and yet... You know, God sends them prophets; they kill them. Mm -hmm. God, you know, gives them the law; they add to the law. They make it so. I mean, what do you say that they they strain a gnat and swallow a camel? Mm -hmm. They they go so far to make a proselyte and make him what two or three times whatever it says uh, the son of hell. Mm -hmm. I mean, basically, he becomes a Pharisee worse than them. Yeah, and that's. One of the big things about this is the Pharisees, they had the law, they had the knowledge, they had the studies, um, the scribes. They wrote these things. They knew it. They worked at it, but they manipulated it. They turned it into something it was never meant to be. Exactly. You know, uh, like Brian, as it mentioned up here, you know, you're going to go to such lengths to win someone to Christ. You're going to do all these things to bring them over and then you're going to make them worse than you are. You're going to nitpick the most smallest, tiny thing, but you're going to let the biggest thing slide. You're going to make everything look nice and pretty and amazing on the outside, but inside it's dead, it's decaying, it's falling apart. You won't let anybody swear by the temple. That means nothing. Ah, but the gold inside the temple, what yeah. you've given the value to, you know, when Christ interacted with them, you know, it, it shows they knew the law. And so they were being held to a higher standard because of that law. Well, I mean, right here is the very description of religion becoming the most important thing to a person mm -hmm. and not following God. Their traditions became more important to them than faithfulness, than justice, than mercy. Mm -hmm. They would, I mean, instead of going to the Samaritan, I mean, what did, what, did, what did God say that they would be a nation of priests? Through them, you know, the Savior of the world would come. Through mm -hmm. them, you know, the word would be preached and everything. And yet, they are willing to walk all the way around Samaria instead of go through it because they don't want to be uh, ceremonially unclean or whatever. They don't want to talk to those people. I mean, remember uh, Jonah. Jonah mm -hmm. didn't want to go to Nineveh. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to preach to people that hated God. But, I mean, they were supposed, as it says, they were supposed to be a nation of priests, and yet they kept tacking on these extra things, you know, oh, you know, you know, wash your hands before you eat and everything because, you know, you're unclean, you're unclean. Mm -hmm. they, they tack on all these extra things because they, they love their religion, mm -hmm. but they don't love God. Yeah. And that's something that we want to address here. It's not just non-believers that you may have to address. There may be people in your very own congregation that you have to address. And when you do it, do it scripturally. That's what that's what Jesus was was calling back on is, you know, you you, you take this scripture and you 
blow it out of proportion the complete wrong way. You go to all this trouble over this, yet you're gonna allow that. You know, let your yeses be yeses, your noes be no. You know, if you're gonna claim to be a Christ-loving church, then there should be fruit based on what you do. Instead, as soon as somebody comes through the door, you're all ready to jump on them. You're all ready to attack them. Well, again, this is this is the Lord of the Universe, yeah. you know, addressing an issue. When we get to that point where we talk about how do you address sin in your church and everything, how do you address it with a fellow believer, Paul actually covers this, mm-hmm. and we'll go through that later on. Yeah. So, but you know, uh, to point out, this this shows the the other side of how Christ addresses people. Mm-hmm. You know, it uh, so often you can look at well, somebody sought knowledge, and Christ was gentle. He he didn't dance around the subject. He was straightforward. Here, Christ was authoritative. He was direct to the point, and he didn't hold anything back. Yeah. Uh, there are times that we try to dance around the subject. We try to, you know, sugarcoat it, make it easier to handle. Sometimes you just have to be blatant and flat out and call a spade a spade. Call sin, sin. Um, we can't keep, you know, saying, oh, it's a little white lie. Don't, don't downplay what it is. Sin is, it's, it is what it is, you know? But also know your audience, know who you are addressing and how you should address that person. You don't want to go to somebody who has no idea the scripture and start berating them with the scripture saying, you're doing wrong, you're doing wrong. Show them God's love and show them his teachings. I, I, I have interacted with people that have come to know Christ and have turned their lives around through Christ because it's, it's ultimately the Holy Spirit that will change the lives of people. It's not us. It never is us. Now for a word of prayer. Dear Most Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, uh, we just, we come to you tonight, Lord. Uh, God, I, I pray that that we can we can be your servants, God, that, that we would step out of the shadows, out of the hiding places, God, and, and stand fast in your word, stand solid on you, God. I pray that you would send people in our path that we can be witnesses to, God, that your love can be seen. And God, I pray that you would be with this nation. God, we're going through so many trials and tribulations right now. Uh, we just we lift up the people in Boston, Lord. Uh, I pray that you would be with the families that have lost loved ones and uh, the the families of those who are injured and those who are injured, Lord. I pray that you would just heal their bodies, God. Just be with everybody in that state. Be with everybody in this nation, God. I, I pray that your healing hands would be upon all of us. That uh, your love would just uh, wrap around us and embrace us, God. I pray that uh, you would be with this community that's that's steadily growing, uh, Lord. I pray that. Uh, the words that that you give us to speak would not fall on deaf ears, Lord, but would 
would take hold and uh, you would just help it to grow into uh, something amazing, Lord. We do all these things in your name, in your holy precious name we pray, Lord. Amen. Well, uh, tune in next week. Uh, I We're going to continue with another part yeah, of the series. We'll, we, we'll be getting on uh, basically <laughs> how, well, the first part should be easy, how to improperly handle sin and then mm-hmm. how to properly handle it yeah. within the church and with other uh, with, with non-believers as well. Yeah, so, I mean, we've got a lot of great stuff uh, coming up. Uh, Job will come back. Don't think it's gone. Yeah. Uh, this is just a short little hiatus. Uh, hiatus. Uh, you know, it can... It can get a little tedious at times getting between Job and his friends, but, uh, you know. Anyway, there are many different ways to get in touch with us. Uh, primarily, you can find a lot of those at our website, which is www.stillripples.org. Uh, yeah. Twitter, Google+, Facebook, Plus, Facebook uh, mm-hmm. obviously YouTube. Yep. And then we also have a phone number that you can reach us at that we do check. That's one eight one six nine ripple That's R-I-P-P-L-E. Um, you know, leave comments, prayer requests, uh, questions, suggestions. topic suggestions, uh, mm-hmm. criticisms, whatever. Anything like that. Um, we understand that this is uh, going to be a fairly touchy subject in uh, what we're talking about, so uh, feel free to utilize Facebook, uh, Twitter, anything like that. Uh, one small request, please uh, keep it uh, clean civil. and yeah, civil. Um, no personal, no personal attacks. attacks. Yeah, not at uh, all. Please, uh, that comes from us and our manager. We know that there are those out there who probably 100% disagree with us. Um, Which is perfectly fine. I mean, we like disagreement so we can discuss it and talk it out. Mm -hmm. Um, We're willing to listen to your side, uh, as hopefully you've listened to ours. But anyway, with that, uh, we love you guys. Take care. Uh, We'll see you next week. God bless.